You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness, and it's Dallas week. Although this week, this Dallas week, this particular Dallas week, uh, doesn't quite have the same energy as we usually see when these two teams match up, the Eagles and the Cowboys. But we're going to break down this Sunday afternoon's game between these two bitter rivals with RJ Ochoa, site manager for Blogging the Boys, the SB Nation Cowboys site. He's also uh, one of the hosts of the SB Nation NFL show. We're going to talk to him in just a few minutes about some of the key matchups and talking points surrounding this game, which does have playoff implications, which we will get to coming up here in just a few minutes. Also, uh, you know, the Carson Wentz saga continues to roll on, and uh, we we had some new information come down the pike here on Wednesday that I will run through and and give you the what I feel like is is the unfortunate truth about where we are headed and what needs to happen now with Carson Wentz and the Eagles quarterback situation. That's coming up in just a few minutes here on Eye on the Enemy. But first, joining me to break down this weekend's game between the Eagles and Cowboys, and it, yeah, it has a little less juice than uh, than normal, but any any game between the Eagles and Cowboys, anytime we got Dallas week, there's always a little bit of juice. RJ Ochoa, site manager for Blogging the Boys. That's the Cowboys SB Nation site. He's also the host of Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. RJ, good to talk to you again, buddy. How you doing? It's good to be with you, John. Good to be with BGN. Merry Christmas to you and all of you, uh, even to people who would throw batteries at Santa Claus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with you that there, there isn't as much juice as we would like the Cowboys and Eagles, but um, there, there is more juice than last time. We've got two, two better quarterbacks, which is uh, certainly nice to see. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought, especially on the Eagles side, I mean, with when you're when when the Eagles are running with the backup quarterback that it would be better than Carson Wentz, although I guess I'll I'll have to admit over the last couple of years when the backup's been in there, uh, the backup with Doug Peterson has generally done a little bit better of a job. So, um I I I want to ask you about the Wentz and Hurts thing coming up here in just a few minutes because obviously everybody in in the NFL is is talking about it, but you know, as far as the fan bases go for this Sunday afternoon, I mean, like I said, usually Dallas week is a big week for Eagles and Cowboys fans you know and technically speaking both teams have a realistic shot at winning this division still it seems crazy but it's true I think Dallas actually has an easier path right now because I think you guys just need to win these last two games to finish seven to nine and then for Washington to lose twice because you guys get the Giants in the final week of the season so obviously that is something that could happen What's more important to you right now, and what do you think is more important to the fan base, getting a higher draft pick or actually winning the NFC East? Well, so um, I, I think that I think that the, most of the fan base, you, you have your typical, I never tank, I played offensive line in high school, my coach told me that you play to win every game. You know, you've, you've got that sector. 
Yeah. Um, but but I think a lot of people, um, at least in, in in terms of how I read the temperature of the room, were were team tank Monday through Saturday, and then Sundays. <laughs> and I'm sure you've experienced this. Your emotions, you know, get the best of you. You you throw all caution to the wind, um, and and you want to see your team win. Although if mm-hmm. if they lose, you've kind of prepped yourself mentally, and, and it's easier to process. And so. Um, obviously, you know, at, at one point here, the Cowboys looked like the favorites for the fourth overall pick um, coming off of Thanksgiving and, and certainly off that Tuesday night, Wednesday, whatever it was, the night loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, but having won their last two games in a row, that that discussion has changed. And there's obviously a difference between, I don't know, the eighth and 19th picks in the draft. Um, but it, it does feel... Um, like morale is higher, at least, which is obviously important. The Cowboys have won three of their last five games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, harmony is better in, in those moments. And so I think the the majority of people feel fine, win this thing, get blown out in the playoffs. I'll buy the division cap and shirt, um, but I'm not the happiest I've ever been about it. And we'll just figure it out as, as the spring comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, just because when, when you've gotten to the point that, that you described to I me mean, where it's, it's sort of practical, it's, I think it's just kind of easier to steer into the ice in that sense. Right, and I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that just because you have the ninth pick, you're going to get a better player than if you pick 17. I mean, I I still look back at Justin Jefferson and what he's doing in the NFL right now and the fact that the Eagles took Jalen Rager over him one spot before, but Justin Jefferson went in the the early 20s, the the mid-20s, and so... You know, it's not you don't have to get a top 10 pick, but I think it's interesting these two teams. And I think it all comes down to the quarterback, because with with the Eagles situation and with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, there's suddenly, I think, something else to play for. And I wrote about it this week for for Bleeding Green Nation about how the how Dallas week is always a, a head versus heart situation, especially for this week with Eagles fans, because the the path to the playoffs is more difficult for Philadelphia. I mean, we, we need to win the last two games and the Giants have to lose a game and and, and Washington has to has to lose on Sunday afternoon. So those things could all happen, but it's a little bit it was made a little bit harder when the Eagles lost to Arizona on Sunday afternoon. But that being said, anytime you get the the Eagles and Dallas on the same field together, even if you know it's better for your team to lose, even if you know long term it's better to to move up into the top ten and maybe even the top five of the NFL draft, when the Eagles are playing the Cowboys and you're you're they're mixing it up on the field, and for Eagles fans, when you're watching Jalen Hurts out there and you're watching Miles Sanders out there, you're you're not going to be able to help it, you know. You're you're going to be. You, it's like you said, Monday through Saturday, you can think with your head. On Sunday, it becomes a heart issue, and you are fully invested in the Eagles winning this game on Sunday afternoon. And I'm, I'm that's what I think I'm hearing you say about Cowboys fans as well. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the Eagles factor of it is is a lot of fun. Um, I think that you know. With all disrespect intended, uh, Washington and New York just just aren't you know I don't know if it's the culture of that fan base, but I feel like you know they like I, I don't I don't know that they are aware of what like Twitter is you know what I mean like those fans, like, I, I never really run into them as much as uh, as they run into the high spirited Eagles fans that that seem to be obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys because you know that those uh, those cluster of Eagles fans yeah. exist. Uh, but yeah, I mean like. I, I would, you know, I could go back through like the last, I don't know, like seven or eight Cowboys Eagles games just at AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they've all been, you know, notable. Like, I mean, 2013 yeah. was the division title game. Uh, 14 was Thanksgiving when Mark Sanchez had his way. 15 was the game winner with Sam Bradford and DeMarco Murray's return. 
16 mm. was Dak Wentz. 17 was the the beatdown. That, at the time, was the worst loss the Cowboys had ever taken in the building. 18 was the overtime thriller, thanks Ugh. to Amari Cooper. And last year, the Cowboys beat the Eagles down. And so yeah. it's it's something – it's always also, like, incredible theater, uh, yeah. which, which is something that I think should be said as well. Like, it, they can both be terrible teams, but it's always going to be riveting and it's always going to be stressful. Yeah, and we just look back. It was a year ago that the NFL had these same two teams meeting in Philadelphia in the same exact portion of the schedule, and both teams were seven and seven, and uh, a trip, basically a, a trip to the playoffs and the division title was was on the line, and the the Eagles managed to pull it out. But you know, this is still a game with some playoff in, in, implications here, and the winner does set themselves up depending on what happens with uh, uh, with New York uh, and Baltimore in the early game on Sunday afternoon. That would go a long way towards making this game give it a little bit more juice if the, if New York loses in in that early game. So I, I think the other thing for, for Eagles fans, especially that they're excited about, like I mentioned a second ago, is Hurts. Because there, I think there's more of a reason for Eagles fans to want to see their team continue on in the playoffs. For the first time all year, the Eagles are interesting. You know, the, this has actually been a fun offense to watch. You've, you've seen with Jalen Hurts in there, the Eagles had seven chunk plays of 20 or more yards last week against the Cardinals. I don't think they'd had that many chunk plays all season with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So this is this is a different offense right now. It's still not a good football team. The, the Eagles still have holes throughout the roster. A rebuild is coming. But at least I think with Jalen Hurts, they've shown in the last two weeks that they can put points up on the board against two pretty good defenses. And so... I wouldn't mind seeing Jalen Hurts get another game, a postseason game, get a little bit more information. I think that's why, yes, getting a, a high draft pick for the Eagles would be really beneficial because this team's roster does need to be rebuilt. But they have a very important decision to make at the quarterback position this offseason, and it might be better for them long term to get one more game of Jalen Hurts in front of their eyeballs, especially a postseason game. And can you just imagine how crazy it would be if Jalen Hurts plays gets a full postseason game under his belt before Carson Wentz does <laughs> um that's a great joke uh, certainly <laughs> um one that I can't promise we won't steal at BTB if uh if that ends up being <laughs> the case um yeah I I, I mean I, like it's we've had a lot of fun um at, at BTB with this saga um, I'm, I'm sure you have and I, I don't blame you QB1 since the draft and now this is like this really interesting emotional place, right? Because, mm. you know, we feel like we've won, like we've willed this into existence, but he is fun to watch. And he's, he's by all accounts, a great young man. And um, so now it kind of sucks. Um, and, and now it's kind of like, well, why were we pining for this? I, I do think it's, it's fascinating as kind of a fly on the wall um, to see like the, the Wentz report that came out Sunday morning about how, you know, he blames mm. the Eagles and, I, I mean, I know that there are Supreme Wentz loyalists, but outside of those, it felt like everybody just kind of dragged Wentz for that. Mm. Um, and so I do think that there has been a, already, and to your point, I think, you know, any more of it you can get, obviously, all the better. But the amount of information that is being uncovered, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is the guy for the Eagles forever. I don't know that he's going to play a decade in that city and for that team, whatever. But I, I mean, from my perspective is that it feels far more obvious than it ever has been. And it's felt obvious at times that Carson Wentz is not the guy. And so, I mean, in that respect, I think it was worth it. Even if you're one and one, you said it a minute ago that Jalen Hurts was kind of the, the most wild factor left in the NFL, arguably. And I think mm. that's true. I mean, I, I, I think we all thought that the Saints were going to lose to the Chiefs, but Jalen Hurts kind of is maybe the primary reason why like the Saints won't have a first round bye this year 
I mean, and, and so it's worth noting, like, he has taken down some some things with his rise, which has been really interesting to watch. Well, let's talk about the game on the field here on Sunday afternoon because this is all going to play out. And, and one of these two teams will likely have their postseason hopes dashed here. Well, they will have their postseason hopes dashed with this game. And so Dallas is coming off an impressive win over the 49ers last week. Andy Dalton, now that he's back in the saddle, seems to be playing relatively well, leading the Dallas passing attack. Uh, they're still loaded at the receiver position. How much of an advantage is Dallas's passing game still, even with Dak, even with not Dak Prescott, even with Andy Dalton uh, <laughs> under center, uh, sling, slinging the rock around, especially when you consider the, the multitude of injuries the Eagles have in the secondary? Yeah, you know, Andy has, has kind of just, you know, he's been like your proverbial bus driver, making, I, you know, to say big time throws is being generous. So, you know, it is Christmas time. And so maybe, you know, maybe we can lean into that. But, um, I, you know, I, the, the Cowboys really kind of have relied on that group um, while, while they've only won three of their last five. And, and those two losses were to Washington on a short week on Thanksgiving while they were dealing with the emotional loss of their coach uh, on top of everything. And then to the Ravens, um, you know, they've seen their wide receiver group finally kind of step up a little bit. We've seen Amari Cooper flash in this stretch. We've seen Michael Gallup kind of, you know, he, he really wasn't a factor basically since Dak Prescott got hurt. CD lamb has, has done what he can, I think, in spite of, of the quarterback turnover. And so there's no question that that's the, the strength overall of the team. And so I think that, that that is enough to carry them at times. And I think that that is enough to, to be a difference maker. I think it's part of why, even though they're low-quality teams, they, they beat the Bengals by so many. And they were able to kind of just control the game and, and not score at will, but, but score with relative ease against the 49ers. And so those three, um, obviously, you know, we all anticipated 3,000-yard receivers and all sorts of offensive records, and that's not happening. But um, they're still, I think, the primary concern if you're going up against them, especially to your point, if you do have a weak secondary. Yeah, and, and once again, the Eagles' defense, I think for the seventh time this year, allows an opposing player to be named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Kyler Murray um, took home NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors this week for how he ripped apart the Eagles' secondary, even though I don't think Kyler Murray played particularly great against the Eagles last weekend, but honestly, um, doesn't take much against a, a banged-up secondary right now. So uh, given what's happened with, with Carson Wentz, do you, I, I I was listening to some stuff, reading some stuff uh, Jerry Jones said on the radio or earlier this week. Do you think they've seen the Eagles pay Carson Wentz and give him all this money and seen what has happened and seen the difficulty now that they're going to have in dealing with Wentz's contract and trying to trade him or releasing him? Do you think that gives Jerry Jones more pause now for a Dak Prescott contract this offseason? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I wrote about this uh, when Carson was first benched and because I feel like there are a lot of Eagles fans, kind of maybe, maybe the, the Foles truthers or whatever, that, that are maybe taking victory laps and I told you it was dumb to pay once, whatever. I, I think it was still wise to pay once. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it didn't work out, but that was the wise thing to do given the financial details of the NFL. And I wish that the Cowboys were that forward thinking. And so while I realize, you know, considering the financial ramifications of it in 2021 for a quarterback that's, you know, maybe not going to be on your team isn't fun, it's it's still better than whatever the alternative is, which is purgatory at, at quarterback. And I know the Eagles maybe kind of feel like they're there, but I'd maintain that that was the right decision. And so my perspective on that is, if anything, I feel like Wentz validates paying back Prescott in the sense that. Um, not to turn this into a Dak Wentz thing, but it, it is now completely, you know, over the Dak Wentz debate. Dak is yeah. a, a, what, a top whatever quarterback you want to call him, five, seven, yeah. eight, nine, whatever. He is one of the 
more promising young quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a tier below Lamar Jackson. And, uh, well, that's a different debate, but Patrick Mahomes and whoever <laughs> you want to say. But he, yeah. he is one of those dudes. And so, um, I mean, I, I think I, w- I feel more comfortable than I ever have. And I've already, you know, sort of championed the cause of paying back. And I think the Cowboys realize, okay, you know, the Eagles were smart to try to pay that, you know, their quarterback, and it backfired on them. The same couldn't certainly be said about the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to Dak Prescott. But at the very least, maybe we can sleep better at night about it because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that he's the guy. And so I think it, it validates it in that very weird sense, um, specifically because, you know, the alternative is so terrifying. And I think that the Eagles have to kind of grasp that alternative. I know Jalen Hurts is a factor, but um, I I think that Dak hopefully will be well taken care of. But I will say it will be very annoying because I do anticipate the Cowboys trying to get the most out of their draft pick, whatever it ends up being, and therefore dangling the idea that they are interested in Zach Wilson or whoever to try Mm -hmm. to encourage whoever it is to trade up. And and then I do think they ultimately sign Dak, but that they're going to want to maximize the value out of that whole idea. Uh, makes that does make sense and you know with Jerry Jones you never know exactly which direction he's going to go I mean one, one of the guys he paid big money to of course was running back Ezekiel Elliott a couple of years ago and the the, the Dallas running back situation has gotten very interesting here over the last couple of weeks because Tony Pollard looks like the guy with more juice right now how how is Dallas going to handle the running back workload over the last couple of weeks of the season do you think this is kind of the the Cowboys went situation I don't know that anybody's yeah. called it that but um you know it I mean Again, it was it was never a smart idea to pay Ezekiel Elliott. It was never a smart idea to use that resource on a running back. Uh, but the Cowboys did. And Zeke, I think, certainly has, has been special. Last week was literally the first game he ever missed due to injury uh, throughout his career. Obviously suspended the six games in 2017. And you're mm-hmm. right, Tony Pollard looked great. And he had a 40-yard touchdown at the end of the game that, that sort of inflated his, his day from a statistical perspective. But, I mean, everything counts. Um, and, and Zeke, you know, for the record, you know, has reportedly been dealing with a ham- or calf injury, excuse me. And so if theoretically, you know, the, the week off helped in that capacity, I, I could see Zeke being a factor um, to a small degree. But I mean, Zeke has has been really bad. I mean, he, he hasn't even been average. He has been bad so far this season for the Cowboys. And He's somebody who I, I would say almost everybody from that 2016 class has seen the fan base turn on them outside of Dak Prescott. Because pe- if, if there's somebody people hate, it's Jalen Smith. Uh, but Zeke's contract uh, kind of puts him up there for consideration. And so I do think if Zeke is healthy um, in, in terms of if he suits up, because it is the Cowboys and because Jerry Jones, I mean, you know, to whatever degree you want to believe, has his own directives and his own wants and his own wishes. You you mentioned him on the radio. This season, he called Zeke the best player on the team. He, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Jerry Jones wants this to be the Zeke show. And so if Zeke is healthy, I mean, you know, people love to say in the NFL, follow the money. I, I do think the Cowboys will, for whatever reason, make it a priority to feature him. Um, even though, you know, that might not be the best case. I don't know that I think Tony Pollard is, is a true and classic RB1, but I do think that he should be more involved in the offense. And so maybe he eats into a normal Zeke share. Uh, but, but I do think that if, if Zeke is playing, you know, you're going to get the full workload, which these days isn't all too intimidating. Does Jerry Jones want to recreate the Emmett Smith era? I mean, is that what he wants his offense to be? That it kind of that it kind of runs through the running back and to have that elite bell cow running back like Ezekiel Elliott and then you pass off the run like they did with Aikman and Irvin back in the day? I don't know that he wants to recreate it as much as he wants to 
relive it or have it be talked about, right? Um, like, um, you've seen the movie Just Friends, I imagine, with Ryan Reynolds. and Amy Yeah, Stark. yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know how um, when Ryan Reynolds goes back to the town or whatever, and he goes back to the, like, the or the main bar or whatever. Yeah. That, you, like, like the, the one guy's, like, wearing his letterman, and, like, literally everybody, <laughs> you know, that was in high school is there, and, you know, they're, like, listening to the same songs, and they're talking about the one time that like Jenkins pulled one over on, on Mrs. Henderson in second period, <laughs> you know, like I, I think yeah. that he, like he wants that effect and, and he, he, he damn near got it. If Jason Garrett had won a Super Bowl, it would like, you know, it would have been an extension of that, especially if he had won with this ground and pound style. And I mean, how often have you seen people try to say, Oh, the new age triplets, you know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I, I think that he just, he wants that to live forever by extension. And so, um, to, I guess that, that ultimately is an answer of yes, but, but mm-hmm. I think he, I think the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy gets so much crap for how much he hyped up analytics. I do think the Cowboys are analytically sound or at least more sound than they used to be. Um, and, and so that contradicts with a lot of the ideas that, that the nineties Cowboys had success with just because football has changed so much. You know, it's funny. I, I think the triplets have lived, lived on forever because they were so great. The only problem is it happened so long ago. You need a VHS tape in order to see the highlights. So, so it's, um, <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist. Um, so let, let's look at the defense here. And when, when the Cowboys were last in town, they were obviously going through a lot of defensive problems, a lot of defensive issues. Although again, against Carson Wentz, he made that defense look good for the first time all season and now they have to prepare for Jalen Hurts who there's only two games two full games of tape on Hurts and in both games they were they were very very different in the first game it was a lot of running the football because it was a close game the whole way the Eagles um, were within striking distance and eventually obviously beat the Saints and then last week they got down big early so Hurts had to throw the ball a lot and so as as they come into this uh, as they come into this football game they've seen a quarterback play two very different games and only two full games so far the Eagles offensive line is completely banged up Matt Pryor is a turnstile at right tackle which is a big problem for the Eagles. So how does how does Dallas's defense approach the Eagles offense with an, such an unknown quantity at quarterback right now? Well, I, I do think it should be said, I find this interesting at least, Jalen Hurts, back when we kind of first started navigating our, our pandemic world, was, I believe, the first virtual interview the Cowboys advertised that they had conducted. Um, so they have studied Jalen to a high degree, as, as every NFL team has. Uh, but I, I just find that, you know, that little bit of, of narrative a little little bit more interesting than usual. Um, it, it should be said that Leighton Vanderish is dealing with a high ankle sprain. And so it's a question mark to play. Um, I've already talked about Jalen Smith. He is, I think, the worst starting linebacker in the NFL. Last week, this, I mean, in all, I don't know if any, any Eagles fans saw this. He did not know that the Cowboys 49ers game got flexed out of primetime <laughs> until reporters told him in his weekly media session. Yeah. Um, and and he, he asked if Jerry Jones was upset about it, and he was told no. And he said, well, if the boss ain't tripping, then I'm good, which um, yeah. kind of describes who the <laughs> Cowboys are as a franchise. But anyway, yeah. um, overall, and the Cowboys, you know, they, they, they got some – I hate to say great play as much as it was that they went up against Nick Mullins, but they've gotten solid play at least out of their secondary as of late. Donovan Wilson, who went to the greatest school in the world, Texas A&M University, um, had an interception last week and it has really kind of come along. Somebody that a lot of people have wanted to see play more. Uh, Chidabe Awuze was on the COVID list. He played really well on his return. Anthony Brown got an interception. Jordan Lewis, uh, also drafted in the 2017 class, has, has played rather well for the Cowboys so far this year. 
Um, kind of an underrated storyline there on a defense that's been really bad. But but overall, I think it's just kind of hang on for life um, mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned the right tackle situation for the Eagles. I, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is it's it's very difficult unless you're the quarterback to be underrated if you play for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah. And and I do think that that is the case for Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know that he should have been a Pro Bowler or whatever the case may be, but I I know that he is one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. I mean, you know, if, if D-Law can kind of have his way and, and sort of open things up for the defense as a whole, I think that, you know, the Cowboys, um, I know that the great Bob Sturm wrote about this in The Athletic, I think yesterday at the time you and I were talking, before um, before their game against Minnesota, I believe, maybe uh, before November at least, they had started two drives on the plus side of the field. And since then they've started like six or seven. Uh, I I could be messing up those numbers, but the point is that they've gotten some short fields off of turnovers and, you know, special teams turnovers and things like that. And and they've been able to turn those not necessarily into touchdowns, but into points. And so that's, that's how they've been able to kind of turn this ship around just enough Mm -hmm. to be relevant. Um, And so if, if, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence forced a fumble last week, and, and I think that, you know, that's where this can change very quickly. He has always, you know, enjoyed uh, NFC East games. I know there was a time where, he never had a sack uh, against the Eagles. And so hopefully that, that is not an era that continues with Jalen Hurts. Uh, but mm. but I do think that he's the biggest difference, at least for the Cowboys on defense this week. Yeah, I was going to say last thing, uh, the Cowboys had no pro bowlers uh, this year. Uh, surprised by that? And uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, you said, you know, you're not sure if he should have been a pro bowler. But do you think anybody on the roster got snubbed? I don't. Um... I, it's the first time since 1989. So since Jerry Jones bought the team, his first year with the club. Um, and I think, you know, the more you think about it, the more you process it, the more it makes sense. Um, obviously Dak Prescott's hurt and I think everybody always remembers that, but Tyron Smith is hurt. Lyle Collins is hurt. Zach Martin's hurt. Travis Frederick retired. Um, so Zeke Elliott has been bad. And so all of their like name recognition guys are either absent or, you know, in Zeke's case have not played well. And Zeke, Zeke has not played well at a position that's really obvious if you don't play well, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I think it does make sense. And I mean, while I do think DeMarcus Lawrence has played really well, um, the, the worldwide narrative this season has been how the Cowboys have had a historically bad defense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're never going to get anybody from there. Uh, that jumps in. I think that, you know, as, as much as I hyped up DeMarcus, I, I think the Cowboys' best chance of, of an alternate or whatever might be Amari Cooper, uh, just because I think he's quietly putting together a respectable season. He's He's got that name recognition, that name value. He's been a pro bowler before. Um, so if, if that ultimately happens, I wouldn't be shocked. But no, I, I think it makes sense. And I think, you know, I, I don't know if, if any Eagles fan has sort of picked up on, on this perception of, of Cowboys fans, but this is a, a different low. I, I, I hesitate to call mm-hmm. it a new low, but it, 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 this season has has merited a different low. I mean, they've been flexed off of Sunday Night Football last week. That had never yeah. happened before. Um, yeah. They have no pro bowlers. They are a, they're not just a bad football team. For the first time, maybe in the last three decades, they are a boring football team. And mm. um, and that's, you know, that, that's just not a fun place to be, you know, in the middle of all the noon games, you know. And, and, and just serving as like a footnote when Andrew Siciliano is passing you over on the Red Zone channel. So <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's who they are, though. It's it's sad to see. 
Well, Eagles fans can certainly recognize everything you just said right now because that's been up until the up until Hertz got put in. Uh, that had been the story of the Eagles so far this season. But folks, as we get uh, as we look forward to this Sunday afternoon's game at 4:25 between the Eagles and the Cowboys, make sure you are keeping an eye on the enemy by going over to blogging the boys, the Cowboys SB Nation site every day to get the latest information on the Cowboys and continue to listen to the SB Nation NFL podcast where you will hear RJ Ochoa as well as a collection of other fantastic hosts break down the NFL every weekday morning. Don't forget to follow RJ on Twitter too at RJ Ochoa. RJ, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, John. Have a very Merry Christmas. All right. Well, up next, we'll get into the Carson Wentz saga and what do the Eagles do next year? We'll get into that up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. So, yes, we are still talking about Carson Wentz. And this week on As the Wentz Turns, Adam Schefter, who reported on Sunday that if Wentz isn't going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles moving forward, that he wanted to be traded, had to clarify his report on 97.5 The Fanatic on Wednesday's morning show there. Now, we'll take you back to last Sunday to kind of set this up. Schefter's report said, and this is reading from his piece on ESPN, quote, Carson Wentz is not interested in being a backup quarterback and would want to move on from the Eagles if the current situation with Jalen Hurts starting under center continues in Philadelphia. Sources connected to the team told ESPN. Although the Eagles quarterback situation remains fluid with two games left this season, Wentz is not pleased with the way events have unfolded in the organization, according to sources. Now, it sure sounded like Schefter got this story from Wentz's representation because it really doesn't make any sense for the Eagles to send this message out. And Although in the piece, as I'm reading it here, it does say sources connected to the team. What does that mean? And I know... This is this is how things get reported nowadays, and I understand that's kind of where we are. And, and it's as long as you have multiple sources as a reporter that you feel good about, they don't have to be named. It's certainly better if they're named, but you would never hear any reporting about anything if you had to name the sources all the time. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's the direction we should be heading as journalists in this country is if you don't have sources who are willing to go on the record, you just don't, you don't do anything about the story, but then Watergate never gets broken. You know, you, there are some major stories that have been broken that the public needed to hear about without anybody going on the record. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough needle to thread. And in this case, it felt like Schefter needed to clarify this story because it sure sounded like, It sure sounded like this story came from the Wentz camp and that Wentz came across as soft and selfish and me first and totally oblivious to his own role in his benching this year. I mean, Carson Wentz has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and deserved to be benched. However, Schefter tried to clear the air on 97.5 The Fanatic on Wednesday. He said... This is all common sense. Wentz is not happy that he's playing backup. He's playing the good soldier. He's being supportive. He's not publicly complaining, but that doesn't change the way of how he feels. He doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. Who does? And if he wanted to be a backup, you'd question the mental makeup of the man himself. Schefter went on to tell the morning show that Wentz and his agent did not tell him the information for his story and that he heard some things and asked around the league. Again, heard some things and asked around the league. 
way too vague for my liking. Schefter added Wentz has been supportive of Hertz and is still trying to help the team win. He said Carson Wentz has been a good teammate. He's been supportive and he hasn't publicly pouted. He hasn't done any of that. As I wrote Sunday, he's not interested in being a backup quarterback and would want to move on from the Eagles if the current situation existed. So who's talking here? Who's talking? Who's saying these kinds of things? Are they getting this information from Carson Wentz? Are they getting this information from Carson Wentz's camp? Is there someone who's trying to make Carson look bad in this situation? Is this a source connected to the team that's a player? Are these players who have overheard Wentz talking about different things? We have no idea, and that's why these kinds of reports are kind of dangerous. For, for situations like this, which are vitriolic, which have a lot of energy around them, especially in a town like Philadelphia, this is the kind of report, especially when it breaks a few hours before kickoff on Sunday, you really need to be careful with. And I'm not here to tell Adam Schefter how to do his job. Adam Schefter has forgotten the uh, stories that he's broken more than I've actually broken stories. So, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to criticize Adam Schefter, but it's clear that Carson Wentz's image took a hit in the public after this story came out on Sunday. And Carson, you know, of course, Carson doesn't want to be a backup, but releasing that story hours before kickoff paints him in a horrible light. Now, I will also say this. Carson has no right to feel betrayed by the Eagles for the benching in particular. Now, he was, he was probably told by Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson at the start of the season after the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts that he didn't need to look over his shoulder when they drafted Hurts and that if Wentz had played even modestly well, you know what? Carson would still be the quarterback. If Carson is upset that... Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson told him that he didn't need to look over his shoulder at Jalen Hurts, that he wouldn't get that there wouldn't be a short leash on Carson Wentz with with the drafting of Jalen Hurts, that the drafting of Jalen Hurts had nothing to do with Carson Wentz as the franchise quarterback. And then he's upset now that they seem to have gone back on their word. You you have to take some blame in that, man. You you have to take some kind of ownership of that and if you don't if if this is truly how Carson Wentz feels and he never takes ownership he's never going to get better he's never going to get over this whether it's here in Philadelphia or someplace else I don't believe Carson Wentz is a mentally weak player but if if drafting Jalen Hurts really messed him up like this and that's the main reason he's playing like this this year I don't know that that's the case but if it has anything to do with it it really does speak to Wentz's mental toughness, which is what we've a criticism we've heard throughout the city of Philadelphia over these over these last few weeks. I don't think he's a I don't think he is mentally weak. I think Carson Wentz is a mentally tough quarterback, but he was so bad this year that the Eagles had no choice. I don't think the Eagles lied to them uh, lied to him. I don't think that they were looking to replace him as the starter, which is still why I think the Jalen Hurts pick was a moronic pick after you've already given Carson Wentz all that money. The only thing that that pick was going to do was mess with his head even more, and we've already been through the litany of issues with Carson Wentz and the things that he's had to go through. So no, I don't think the Eagles lied to him. I don't think they were looking to replace him as the starter. In fact, I think the Eagles probably waited two weeks longer than they should have to pull him. You could have made the argument that he should have been pulled at halftime of the first Dallas game, the Ben DiNucci game that they that they won. But they didn't. They stuck with Carson Wentz, hoping that he would pull out of this nosedive that he went into this year. 
And I still think Carson Wentz has the ability to be a good quarterback. But this situation in Philadelphia has gotten toxic to the point that it's hard to see how Wentz comes back next year. The fan base is ready to move on. Most of this fan base is ready to move on. They're, they're ready, and they are ready to crown Jalen Hurts as the next guy. And guys, if you're, that, if you're there, if you are already to hand the keys over to Jalen Hurts and make him your franchise quarterback because, because of what you've seen in these two games, as someone who watched Bobby Hoying blow the league away in his first three starts as, as an Eagles quarterback, and as someone who watched Ty Detmer, a great college quarterback, come in and lead the Eagles at the start of his career when he started off hot, when he first got the job, I'm somebody who got a Ty Detmer jersey, guys. So you have got, that's a dangerous thing to do, to crown a quarterback two games into his career. You, I mean, so the, I'm just war, I'm just saying I don't want to I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I'm excited about Jalen Hurts and, and what we've seen. I think it it is more likely than not that the Eagles move on from Carson Wentz, and that Jalen Hurts opens the 2021 season as the quarterback for this football team because I don't see him playing poorly in these last two weeks against a terrible Dallas defense. Washington's defense is very good, so we'll have to see how that all plays out. But remember, it was just one year ago that Carson, in this same spot at 7-7, seven and seven, beat the Dallas Cowboys at home to give the Eagles the edge for the NFC East title. And Wentz was playing out of his mind with a collection of practice squad guys. That was one year ago. And it's not like this guy's 35 years old and suddenly lost his physical ability. But now you've got guys like Brian Westbrook out there talking about how you have to question the desire of players to play for Wentz, that they seem to want to play for other QBs over him. And maybe there's something to that. Although I would argue, look at how the team played and how they did the exact same thing with Carson Wentz as the starter over the last four weeks last year. Once the practice squad guys started getting all of that run and guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar weren't out there anymore and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside wasn't really out there all that much anymore, the team played with energy for Carson Wentz over the last four weeks of last year. So don't don't come in here and tell me that the team only plays hard when somebody other than Carson Wentz is out there, because that's not what happened at the end of the 2019 season. I don't know what's happened to Wentz this year. I don't know if he's still affected by the concussion that he suffered in the playoffs last year. I don't know if he's just getting older and his playmaking ability has evaporated in the last year. He certainly doesn't look like he can move around in the pocket and avoid pressure, but I also wonder how much his confidence is just shot, and he has no idea what to do back there. I don't know how much the Hurts pick truly messed him up. But I will say it was an incredibly risky and damaging thing to do to the franchise quarterback that you just paid huge money to. Howie Roseman deserves no credit for Jalen Hurts, okay? If if people are going to use Jalen Hurts as the reason to keep Howie Roseman around, it's a huge fallacy. Because you can't be a general manager who goes all in on Carson Wentz and gives him all that guaranteed money, and then a few months later, after he takes you to the playoffs, carrying the team on his back over the last four weeks to suddenly say, I don't believe in him anymore, we need to draft a second-round quarterback in Jalen Hurts, and he's going to eventually take over for Carson Wentz. That's moronic. If that's the plan, guy should be fired on the spot for that plan. Because... Remember what Carson Wentz has been through. What, what that Jalen Hurts pick did, did to Carson Wentz, and what I what I can only imagine was going through his mind. Imagine, I mean, 
Carson had to deal with one of the most mentally scarring things a pro athlete has to deal with. He got the team 80% of the way to the title in 2017. All right, he got the Eagles the number one seed in the playoffs. And then he gets hurt. He's the league MVP, and then he gets hurt. And he has to watch someone else win the title that he, it seemed destined he was going to win that year. Everybody watching this football team felt like that team was destined to win the title with Carson Wentz. We were all watching our own Aaron Rodgers. We were watching our own Russell Wilson. And I'm sure he was caught up in that as well. The city had fallen in love with Carson Wentz. He was the guy. He was going to win the Super Bowl that year. And it was ripped away from him. He had to watch someone else watch. He had to win it. He had to stand on the sidelines in Super Bowl 52. He, he had to have been thinking, this might be the only chance I ever get to play in this game. And it was taken away from him by a cruel twist of fate. He had to watch someone else win that title. And I'm sure he was happy for Nick Foles in some way, but I can't imagine how bitter a pill that was to swallow. And then he had to watch the locker room adopt Nick Foles as the man, the Nick Foles shrine. While he's rehabbing from injuries, while he's getting hurt, while he's still dealing with a knee injury, trying to come back from a knee injury in 2018, and then his back is hurt and he's trying to play through a painful back injury and he's still putting up decent numbers in a season in which the Eagles are struggling. He finally has to call it a season after the second Dallas game in 2018 and then watch Nick Foles and the rest of the team play well at the end of 2018, win another playoff game that Foles has to sit on the sidelines for again and then enter 2019 with Foles finally out of the picture. He is he's made the franchise quarterback. He's given the money and he has a very up and down 2019. Early in the season, Aguilar's dropping touchdown passes, Ortega Whiteside's dropping touchdown passes. The Eagles are losing games that they should win cuz Carson Wentz has no help around him whatsoever. He finally decides, you know what? To hell with it. We're just going to play fast and loose with the practice squad guys and we're going to go on a late season blitz here in 2019. He finally wins over over a locker room last year and starts his first playoff game only to then get hurt in the first half on a cheap shot concussion and then watch the team draft a quarterback in the second round while whiffing on receiver draft pick after receiver draft pick after receiver draft pick and fail to give him a true number one receiver to throw to and for his best friend and most dependable target Zach Ertz to completely disappear. That is what Carson Wentz has been through over these last four years. And that is not to say that because of those things, Carson Wentz should be the starter in 2021 and moving forward. That train has probably left the station. I don't see I don't see any way unless Jalen Hurts totally goes into the toilet these last two weeks that you can bring both of these guys in for a quarterback competition in training camp next year. The water has already been muddied too much. Now, of course, Carson Wentz has this huge dead cap hit that would that would dwarf the Brandon Cooks draft cap hit that you've heard everybody talking about if the Eagles were to trade him. No doubt it would be difficult for the Eagles to make that move. But would that be better and dealing with the draft the 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 salary cap ramifications of that? and the bad PR of that, it would look bad. There's no doubt about it, it would look bad. But if you get a second-round pick for Carson Wentz and some other stuff, and you got to eat that money, but you move forward with Jalen Hurts, and right now, Carson Wentz is a distraction. He may not mean to be a distraction. And then here's the other thing. If the Adam Schefter report was unfair to Carson Wentz, and I, I think it probably was, if Carson Wentz and his agent 
was not the source for the story. I, I'm and you know, I'll believe Schefter when he says that. Then the public perception of Carson Wentz and the hatred of Carson Wentz. I'm sorry, guys. I don't understand it. You can be frustrated with his play. You can be frustrated by some of the reporting that, you know, he doesn't seem to be taking to instruction or that he might be. I know Brandon has talked all the time about him being uncoachable. I don't have any knowledge of that. You don't have any knowledge of that. Brandon seems to believe that that's been the case. And I, I trust what Brandon is saying. I think that's that's certainly possible. But the only stuff Carson Wentz has said nothing in the public that should make anyone mad at him. Right. Carson Wentz, even when he holds news conferences, never says anything. Right. The only thing that I can that he has said recently that I had an issue with was that he didn't see any value in sitting for a week or two. And learning something from that. And that's, you know, if, if that's how he if that's what he believes, because he's a competitor and he doesn't see any any value in sitting. That's fine. He might be saying that because he thinks that's what we want to hear. Also, that, you know, because can, can you imagine if he had said, yeah, maybe it's good for me to sit for a week or two. He had gotten criticized for that, too, by the way. There's really nothing a quarterback in that situation can do because there's nothing a city loves more than the backup quarterback, right? Carson Wentz has never said anything or done anything publicly that would warrant the negative reaction the fan base has towards him. I get it that you're frustrated with his play. I'm frustrated with his play. I'm frustrated that we didn't get our own Aaron Rodgers here. I'm frustrated that Carson Wentz didn't become Russell Wilson, didn't become a lesser version of Patrick Mahomes. I thought that's where we were headed to, and I'm I'm deeply disappointed in that. And I'm I'm you know what? I I think we've just we've been through so much with Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz has been through so much here that it's probably better for him to move someplace else. And I'm sure he'll restructure his contract if he's told he's not going to be the starter next year to go someplace else. Then it's on the Eagles to just eat the cap hit. Because you also have to consider what's good for the locker room. And having Wentz and Hurts and this quarterback controversy and all of this stuff going on for another season, it's going to be damaging to the locker room. This team's not going to be, it's going to be a dysfunctional team as long as these two guys are here. And you're not trading Jalen Hurts if he plays well these last two weeks. You're not trading the guy who played really well, who's younger, who's cheaper, for the quarterback that suddenly seems to have lost his ability. So that's not happening. So, I mean, I hear, I don't, I, it's, it's going to be truly, I mean, and I've heard, you know, Andrew Brandt talking about how truly impossible it'll be to trade Carson Wentz. I still think it's going to happen. I think the Eagles are going to trade Carson Wentz. And I think for his sake, given how the city has turned on him, how he doesn't seem to have a path to the starting job, it doesn't seem like he has any confidence in the coaching staff or anything else around him. This is a if if there has ever been a change of scenery situation, this is it. And Carson Wentz will probably get a change of scenery and probably flourish someplace else. It what it, I know root for that too. It's what needs to happen at this point. The Eagles just have to trade him, deal with the cap hit. Which, again, they can absorb at that position because Hertz is making next to nothing as a second-round pick who will be entering his second year. It'll suck, but the Eagles can probably do it. But I think Carson Wentz needs to be out of this city for our good and for his own good. And it pains me to say that because I have been the biggest Carson Wentz fan in the city. 
and it sucks. But Carson's own play has led to this. This is not our fault. This is not Doug Peterson's fault, I don't think. This is not the fault of anyone other than Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman. And I want Howie Roseman gone, too. But Carson Wentz had some control over the situation by playing better. And he forced the Eagles' hand into having to replace him at quarterback. And so if he truly, truly cannot be the backup quarterback here, and I don't think he can, then the Eagles need to do what they have to do this offseason and figure out a way to trade Carson Wentz and just deal with the cap hit, hold their noses, and just and just sunken cost fallacy, man. Just sink the cost and make things better for Carson Wentz and for your team long term. All right, let's talk about this Eagles-Dallas game coming up here on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, we're excited to see Jalen Hurts get another start. This offense has looked so much better. The chunk plays, as I mentioned with RJ Ochoa just a minute ago, you, you just looked like you were watching a different offense with Hurts under center with this team being able to move the ball down the field. And even Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz are making plays downfield. So, this offense can score on a terrible Dallas defense. I, I think the Eagles will get into the 30s here on Sunday afternoon. It's whether or not this defense can can stop Andy Dalton and the Cowboys offense. And it looks like Ezekiel Elliott's going to play, which might be good news for the Eagles because, frankly, Tony Pollard has looked like the better running back all season long. Um, Andy Dalton is not a mobile quarterback, so the Eagles defensive line should be able to pressure him and get to the quarterback. Uh, I think Fletcher Cox will have a big game. I think Brandon Graham will have a big game. Two pro bowlers um, should have big games against Dallas here on Sunday afternoon. Darius Slay will be in the starting lineup, uh, which is a, a good sign. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do with punting. Uh, it looks like um, uh, Johnston is still in a concussion protocol as I'm recording this uh, late on Wednesday, so we'll see how that shakes out during the course of the rest of the week. But I, I think this is a game the Eagles should win. I, I I think right now with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, I think this Eagles team is more talented than Dallas, even though they're playing at Cowboys Stadium. I think that uh, the Eagles should win this thing, and this actually might not be all that difficult of a victory. I'm going to say Eagles 33, the Dallas Cowboys 21. And that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks once again. To, oh, I'm sorry. I did want to mention, I forgot to ask RJ Ochoa what his prediction was for the game. And I was kind of surprised. I thought RJ was going to go the other way on this, but in, he decided he's sticking with his boys. And he's taken Dallas Cowboys over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon, 26-17. to 17. So now that will do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to RJ for coming on the podcast once again. And just a reminder, guys, to check out all of the podcasts we have for you at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Leave a five-star rating and a review for this podcast, Eye on the Enemy. Let me know what you think of the show, uh, any improvements, anything different you'd like to see us do. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Eye on the Enemy. And don't forget to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every day for the latest news, notes, rumors about your Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.